You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. Hi there, it's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And on the show this week, we took a look back at some of our favourite movies of 2021. Was it James Bond? Maybe it was Spider-Man, No Way Home or a whole host of others. We also took a look back with Paris Norris at his adventures in 2021, whether it was underwater, hiking in Russell Kamer or maybe up in a hot air balloon. We checked out uh, lots of things happening as well at Expo 2020 when we went for a wander with NADA, including the Vision Pavilion, Papua New Guinea, the Bahamas and also the Expo Pharmacy. Do enjoy it and uh, join me live once again weekdays from 11 o'clock only on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. We're going to be talking our favourite movies of 2021. So have a little think as to what your favourites were that you saw in the, in the last year. Of course, we heard yesterday Spider-Man doing amazing things at the box office, No Way Home. Managed to see that at the weekend, and for me, it definitely got a big thumbs up. Absolutely loved it. Uh, but I wouldn't say it was my favourite movie moment of the year. I'll tell you exactly what it was. Uh, just uh, a little bit later on in the show. But it wasn't that. Um, could it be James Bond? No Time to Die? Was that your favourite movie moment? That kind of split um, a lot of audiences, didn't it? A lot of people loved it. But um, there was also this um, kind of other wave of, of viewers that really were none too impressed with Daniel Craig's final outing as 007. Have a think. What was your favourite movie moment of the year? Thank you, Heather, for your uh, message. For you, it was June. Uh, the uh, adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel, if I remember rightly, and uh, you reckon that the cinematography was absolutely stunning and was your finest 2021 movie moment. I will have to say that mine, uh, much as I love Spider-Man recently, and I adored James Bond, I was a big fan of No Time to Die, but um, The Many Saints of Newark would be my favourites. As a big fan of The Sopranos, and uh, this was written, of course, by the creator of The Sopranos, David Chase, um, followed um, a violent gang war from the prospectus of uh, the mobster Dickie Moltisanti and his teenage nephew Tony Soprano. So it's kind of the story before Tony Soprano actually appeared as the uh, Sopranos. And I thought Ray Liotta was magnificent in it. And of course, it was Michael Gandolfini who played um, the role of Tony Soprano, the son um, of, of the incredible actor, of course, who, uh, who played him originally. So uh, that would be mine, uh, The Many Saints of Newark. What would your movie moment be, your standout movie moment of 2021 be? We're going to go to the lines where Mika um, is on line number one. Good morning, Mika. How are you? Good morning, Mark. I'm well. How was your Christmas? Ah, super, super duper. Let me tell you, I was down at the Irish Village and had a brilliant time. Uh, now, you've messaged in, uh, Mika, about a movie um, that I've not come across before, but um, I could be taking a look at it. Um, tell me about this film and why it moved you so much in 2021. Yeah, it was really interesting. called The White Tiger. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a Netflix special yeah. produced and, and then performed but with, as well, uh, Priyanka Chopra. And it's uh, kind of like a Bollywood film, but it's in English, dance, dance and music. And man, such a compelling story. Really? Um, it's, you said in your message that you were moved to tears quite a few times. Well, you didn't have to say that publicly, but I was. <laughs> it, 
it addresses different issues of like cycles of poverty and injustice. I can't recommend enough. I was just telling everyone over Christmas that they have to watch this. The White Tiger. So uh, that was a Netflix um, film that you saw. Anything at the, on the big screen that, um, you know, sticks in your mind? Well, I know someone already said this soon was just incredible. I, I like that so much. I read the book afterwards. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was, um, or certain scenes were shot here in the UAE. Yeah, that's right. I I didn't. Uh, I was hoping to see myself in the background, but I didn't. <laughs> so, Mika, what's uh, on the menu for you at New Year? What are you going to be up to? Uh, the wife and I heading to Oman tomorrow. We're going to go up to Jabal Akhdar. I'm nice. from the north in America where it's nice and snowy, so get as close to cold as I can. That's what I want to do. Well, good for you. And uh, thanks for all your calls um, this uh, uh, this year. It's been great chatting with you, Mika, on a whole variety of topics. Have I've a, enjoyed it. Yeah, have a fantastic new year over there um, uh, at, uh, at the mountain. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it will be a little bit chilly for you. But, uh, um, uh, once again, wishing you a very happy new year. We're looking at some movie moments of 2021. What have been some of your favourite movie moments of the last 12 months? Uh, Bahrak... Um, you messaged in The Man with the Golden Gun. That's from quite a few years ago, back in the 1970s. But I don't know, maybe you just watched it for the first time in 2021. Thank you, Sajid, for your message. Definitely James Bond, No Time to Die. Epic movie. We'll miss Daniel Craig. Thanks for that. Also, Heather texting in with the Dune. Uh, cinematography, absolutely stunning. We've got Lloyd joining us on the show. Hey, Lloyd, how are you? Hi, Lloyd. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, Lloyd and Lloyd. That's interesting. Isn't it? So yeah. tell me about your movie moment, which uh, has been one of your favorites over the past 12 months. Yeah, I just recently saw um, Don't Look Up in uh, Netflix. Uh, it's a star-studded cast. Uh, Leo DiCaprio. I mean, Meryl Streep was there. Wow. It's a trickle, uh tragedy movie, and it's about end of the world, but it's, it's, it's really hilarious. So it's, it's, it's got a funny... It, so is, is it a comedy, then? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mix of, uh, of a tragedy and then a satirical uh, comedy type of movie. So yeah. it, it, it's, not up the, it's, it's, it's not up to the ordinary movie that you, that you will see. Okay. But, uh, like I said, it, 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 it's a star-studded cast, so... Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is also there. Oh, wow. I've not heard of this. I need to get onto this one. Don't look up. Have you had chance to see Spider-Man yet, Lloyd, or is that not your kind of movie? I haven't, but I am contemplating of seeing it. I'm just uh, looking at some more reviews, and then if somebody can try to convince me more to see it, then one of these days I'll try to <laughs> go to the movie. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Lloyd, let Mark Lloyd convince you to go along and see I saw it over the weekend. Absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, so uh, it definitely gets my thumbs up. So, uh, Lloyd, I hope you go along and see it. And a happy new year to you. Thank you for calling. We've got Kinan uh, joining us on line number two. Good uh, morning to you. Hi, Mark. Good morning. How are you? How's it going, Kinan? Yeah, so um, when it comes to the movies, what has been your standout film of 2021? Actually, it's the most recent uh, Matrix uh, that really caught my feelings uh, up high. Resurrections, uh, wasn't it? Matrix Resurrections, I think. That's correct. Yeah, I saw it actually a couple of days ago. And it, uh, the nice thing about it is just it took me back to the... Uh, Lovely late 90s, early 2000s, you know, yeah. where the Matrix, original Matrix came, uh, came yeah. out. And it was just very nostalgic and 
took me back. So I felt that was emotional. Yeah, because it's been quite a, a long time since the last Matrix. It's been a long time coming as this. So, yeah, about 20 years. Yeah, 20 years. So Keanu Reeves in fine form on this one? I mean, he, he, looks, he looks battered a bit. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's done his best, but uh, his role was to appear as an older guy who's yeah. been beaten by time and uh, probably handing over the... Uh, the mission to somebody younger. Yeah. Uh, and I felt that they're trying to revive the Matrix to make it more relevant to the uh, younger audience mm. so that they can continue uh, that, that kind of concept onwards. That'll be interesting, won't it, to see who can fill the shoes of Keanu Reeves, if anybody Absolutely. can. Uh, what about Spider-Man No Way Home? Have you had a chance to see that yet, Keanu? I'm actually booked to see it tomorrow, so I'll let you know. Oh, great. Well, I saw it over the weekend. So, uh, yeah, do let me know what you thought of it. I loved it. Absolutely. I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And a little tip, awesome. um, don't leave before the credits are finished, okay? All right. <laughs> little tip there. Kinan, Happy New Year to you. Hope you have a fantastic you too, celebration. Thank you Thank so you much for the call. Movie moments of 2021. Uh, getting a lot of messages coming in from you guys. We're going to go to the lines. Uh, Andrew, I'll wish you a very good afternoon. And uh, what was your favourite moments uh, spent in cinemas in 2021? Uh, good afternoon and season's greetings to you, Mark. Yeah, a real pleasure to have you on the show. Happy New Year to you. It's not far away now, is it? So um, no. when you look back over your visits well, to the cinema, what, what stands out? <laughs> well, that's an easy one because I only went once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but had the, for obvious reasons, but had there been other films, this one still would have been the standout movie for me. And that was the long-awaited James Bond, uh, No Time to Die. Now, I'm with you on this one. I absolutely loved it. But it kind of split opinion. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't think it was uh, the greatest movie for Daniel Craig to bow out on. I certainly did. What did you like about it, Andrew? Uh, I, I loved the way they captured um, a, an essence of a lot of the older James Bonds sort of mixed in. You know, the, uh, the DB5, which was a glorious scene uh, early on in the film. And there was lots of uh, uh, sort of... T- tipping their hat to some of the older movers and some very clever, subtle things that uh, if you were a a James Bond fan, uh, you'd sort of pick up on. And I I just thought, you know, without giving the the ending away, I just thought they handled it really well. Yeah, the DB5 was pretty spectacular, wasn't it? I I wouldn't mind uh, a set of wheels (laughs) like that. Um, (laughs) I mean, when you look forward now, uh, Daniel Craig, of course, hung up his uh, licence to kill. Um, Any actors that you'd like to see take take on the mantle? Of course, Tom Tom Hardy's been spoken about. Tom Hardy. I I would say Tom Hardy. I think he's got the, uh, the menace the gravitas, um, but also the charm uh, to play the role. I think he would be perfect. Does he look good in a tuxedo? Yes, uh, <laughs> Legends. Look at Legends when yeah, he played yeah. the Cray the Twins. He, yeah. he was good in that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for your uh, call, Andrew. Much appreciated. Wish you all the best for uh, the new year ahead. So, James Bond, no time to die. On line number two, we got Kevin joining us. Good afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you? Very good, sir. And uh, thanks for your message. So, um, favourite movie moment of 2021. Tell me all about it. Yeah, so uh, probably the only time I went to the cinemas this year uh, was for The French Dispatch. And I really love the movie because I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. 
and uh, it's great to see another Wes Anderson movie come out. I felt it was a bit of a drag in a bit, but uh, still uh, some fantastic performances by Benicio Del Toro, Ed Norton and uh, Kate Blanchett and Timothy Chalamet also. Right then, so The French Dispatch never got to see that one, unfortunately, but on your recommendation, I'll, I'll try and give it um, a look up. Um, I mean, when you look forward to, to next year, anything that uh, you're looking forward to? And have you had a chance to see the new Spider-Man movie yet? I'm actually going this evening. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to that. Uh, apart from that, from next year, uh, not sure. Let me see what's going on next. Yeah, um, uh, so expectations for Spider-Man. I mean, what have you heard about it? Well, I heard it's good. Uh, we need to see. It's another, it's another movie to look forward to. Well, you've heard it's good. I can tell you, I went to see it last weekend. So I give it 100% thumbs up. I absolutely loved Spider-Man. Right. Spider-Man No Way Home. Kevin, I really do appreciate yeah. your call. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Dubai I 103.8. We go to the lines and uh, looking back over 2021 is Guy in Dubai who's joining us right now. Paris Norris, you've had a few hair raising uh, moments over the last pe- 12 months or so, haven't you, Paris? I have indeed. And I was just sort of looking back over the last year to, to see what have I actually been up to. And, and, you know, it's actually quite a quite a nice process to go through and and try and pick out your your best moments and you realize that actually there's been quite a lot of them and some really memorable times this year so i've I've really had a a great year and many of of those moments of course you've shared with us here on lunch with lloyd and um let's get started with one or two uh, that really kind of stir up some good memories for you paris so well you may remember me speaking in around uh I think April, May time, um, I went on a scuba dive to discover a shipwreck called the MV Dara. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was, which was a, a British ship that sank in 1961, and it was the biggest naval catastrophe since the Titanic when it happened. So it was quite a big, uh, quite a big deal when it happened. Um, and, and it was a ginormous ship, and it's now uh, sunk off the coast of Amalquane. And we went to find it, and... Um, and did a, a wreck dive to it, and uh, it was really quite incredible. We, uh, we we found it, and I was absolutely gobsmacked by the scale of it, and you can make out quite a few features of the sort of old-style ship. Um, it really felt a little bit like a kind of adventure back in time. So uh, that one has certainly stuck in my memory as, as something that uh, was an adventure of a top adventure for this year yeah i mean when you said you know eventually you found it was it difficult to locate um you know and obviously it's on the seabed i mean a deep dive i'm guessing paris so it was a little bit difficult to find i mean we had somebody who knew the exact location of it and then managed to find it um using you know the sonar of the of the boat so you can see where it suddenly becomes shallower. Um, and it's, you know, the, the side of the coast which uh, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Umar Qawain, Rasa Qaim are on, the Arabian Gulf, is a very shallow sea. So the deepest point between here and all the way up to Kuwait is only 90 meters. And um, if you, you know, go about an hour off the coast here, you're still in 20 meters deep. So so it's actually not that deep. Um, the the wreck dive was between 
15 to 25 meters deep at the deepest. Okay. So it wasn't, wasn't. So, yeah, um, not that deep as you mentioned, but um, I mean, was it what you expected once you got down there, Paris? You know, did it throw up um, a few surprises? Yeah, well, it, it, you know, maybe it was sort of, I guess what I was expecting, but when you see it in real life, it's suddenly, suddenly very different. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of murky water and strong currents when we were going down the first time and it was a bit chaotic. Um, and then all of a sudden this big sheet of iron appeared, which, you know, yeah. just seemed ginormous and it swamped, you know, swamped us. And it was like, wow, there it is. There's the boat. And then, you know, realized that. It, it's uh, it's it's really quite a ginormous boat, and uh, so it took me the size of it for sure. So that was one of your great memories of 2021, diving down uh, in the waters there. Uh, what else springs to mind when you look back at uh, the great memories of the year for you? Yeah, well, I've been hiking every Friday for the since uh, since the year started, and so I've pretty much left out. Uh, only a, a few weekends in the summer in the hot period. So yeah. I've gone on about 30 hikes and discovered different parts of the UAE, which, you know, I, I'm glad that I sort of went out to go and discover because I've lived here 12 years and sometimes we get complacent and think that we, we know the country we live in, but I really went out to discover a lot of them. And, uh, you know, uh, it was incredible. Some, some of them are really breathtaking, amazing scenery, uh, down in Rasakema, Fajira, in Dubai, in, in Hatta, um, and uh, all over, really. Uh, one that springs to mind, which I think was maybe the the one that I enjoyed the most, was uh, one called Wadi Shah, which mm-hmm. was in uh, Rasakema, near the bottom of Jebel Jace. And I think it really gave me a feeling, you know, that I'm really in the Middle East, you know, with, you know, donkeys, yeah. walking around everywhere and goats everywhere and little tiny villages up on the mountains that you kind of think, you know, why are people living up here? There are people living up there. So it was really, uh, really a, a picturesque one as well. And of course, uh, with the weather as it is right now, it's perfect time, isn't it, to get out there and hike? I mean, uh, you know, if we, if we want to maybe start off um, hiking in, in, in the country, what would you recommend? Where are some of the places perhaps that are not too demanding? Yeah, so a, a nice, easy set of hikes is in Hatta, where they've actually created a lot of hiking trails of different levels. So you can pick your uh, your difficulty level. Um, and Hatta's not too far away. And there's also, uh, you know, other things there for people who, you know, maybe don't want to hike. You know, there's coffee shops and there's attractions and, and yeah. some fun things for kids. So so I'd say it's the most palatable version of hiking because it's it's sort of set up for your for your uh your, your weekend hikers or, or people who just want to give it a go so that that's the easiest way in is get over to Hatha and try out some of the different trails there now uh, i'm going to throw one at you i'm not going to ask you for one i'm going to throw one at you because i remember talking about this was uh, when you went ballooning um and that must have been quite a memory you know throwing out the bags there and and rising uh, above the desert yeah, absolutely. Well, I've really discovered the desert in many ways this year. Um, you know, the name desert makes you think it's deserted, but actually there's a huge amount of wildlife there, oryx and gazelles and camels. And, um, you know, I, I've discovered something called a, a sandfish, which is a type of lizard which buries yeah. under the ground. And 
Um, so, so it was really quite interesting. And one of the ways, as you mentioned, that we did that, we got up early and went on a balloon ride with Platinum, uh, Platinum Heritage. And, um, you know, you, you take off just as the sun is rising and then you see the shadows over the dunes and you rise up to about 4,000 feet and, and, you know, really get to see the beauty of the desert early in the morning. And then, of course, you, once you've landed, you can then go have breakfast in the Bedouin camp, uh, learn a bit more about the history and the culture and, and some of the traditions. And uh, since then also, I, as you know, I, I fly my paramotor uh, every week and I've actually been flying with the balloons. Uh, so uh, the captain that we, that we had when I went up in the balloon, I always look for him and we sort of wave to each other as I fly around the balloons and, uh, and join them for a little bit, which is really quite spectacular. <laughs> That must be amazing. Of course, all these adventures, whether it's underwater, whether it's hiking, whether it's uh, in a hot air balloon, uh, we can see on your channel. Um, so just remind us, Paris, where we can see all these adventures. Yeah, so we have our TV show uh, called Guy in Dubai. It's on OSN here in Dubai. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime outside of the UAE. Uh, and you can also check it out on all of the airlines flying in, in and out of the country on the in-flight entertainment or if you just want to sort of keep up with what we're doing on a, on a daily basis, because lots of our sort of smaller adventures like hikings on the weekends and things like that, I put up on my Instagram page, which is at Guy in Dubai. Uh, and what are the plans for 2021, Paris? What's, um, you know, that next year going to be looking like for you? Oh, God, I haven't even got that far into planning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just hope the good times roll. I mean, I've had a really lovely year this year discovered a lot of things i got to travel a little bit this year as well with i went to egypt ireland and france which was great yeah uh so next year i just hope more great adventures more chances to travel i hope the worldwide situation just gets better for everybody and and people's work resumes to you know to, to back to what it was and we're all allowed to travel again um I think that's that's the best we can ask for. It certainly is. Paris, it's been absolutely fabulous having you on the show in 2021. I wish you all the best for uh, a happy new year. Thanks so much, Paris. Happy new year. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Next, we're off for our final wander with Nada in 2021. Uh, Nada, of course, uh, a tour guide here in the UAE, does fantastic tours of Dubai, Sharjah and uh, Abu Dhabi and uh, really knows what's going on at Expo 2020. I'll say good afternoon, Nada. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Very good. And uh, yeah, I mean, Expo 2020 has really been um, a highlight of your year, hasn't it? I mean, you spent a lot of time up there. I have absolutely so many visits. Um, I actually haven't kept count, but it's definitely over 20, I think, at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that's going to be going over into 2021 as well. But um, one of the pavilions that you've visited, and uh, I know you're very, very excited and enthused about, is the Vision Pavilion. Now, we're going to be up there tomorrow broadcasting live, so this might be a pavilion that I want to go along and see. So tell me all about it. Absolutely. I definitely think you should. Um, so the pavilion that I discovered um, is actually dedicated by the Expo team as a gift to Sheikh Mohammed. And it's actually based on his book, which is called My Story. I think you can see it over mm, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the pavilion itself actually begins with a replica um, of his uh, grandfather's door, Sheikh Saeed, uh, which is in old Dubai. So that's actually where Sheikh Mohammed was born in 1949. Wow. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it's very impressive. Uh, and then they basically take you on a journey, um, you know, at first through an animated video uh, to when Sheikh Mohammed was actually a young boy. Um, and he was about seven or eight years old when his father, Sheikh Rashid, actually first started taking him into the desert uh, to visit one of the elders of a tribe, which was called the Manasir. And this man, whose name was Humaid, he actually taught Sheikh Mohammed the art of hunting. Um, he would be left with Humaid for even days uh, to learn how to hunt with falcons and dogs. Uh, he basically taught him the habits and tricks of animals and how to survive in the wild, right? Yeah. So in a video that they show, uh, a young Sheikh Muhammad is actually in the cold desert where he would wake up multiple times during the night due, due to uh, scorpions things. Oh. Um, and that's when Humaid would actually take him close to the fire and then put or rub ash on the wound to reduce and absorb the poison. So the wow. heat of the ash would actually help relieve him of the pain. Uh, and I was told by the guide there that this really shows you the importance of, A, checking your bed before sleeping in the desert. <laughs> uh, and then also that uh, this elderly man actually would collect and put about 12 scorpions in Sheikh Muhammad's bed intentionally to build his immunity against deadly scorpion stings. So apparently that's why he is still to this day immune to uh, scorpion venom. So oh, what this a story. was really amazing. This was a chapter from his book, Sleeping with the Scorpions. What a story that is. So, I mean, we're going to learn an immense amount about uh, His Highness Sheikh Mohammed by popping along there. I mean, that was as a young boy in the desert, uh, building up that immunity to scorpions. What else can we see in the Vision Pavilion? So they basically also take you uh, to a room. So as a young boy, he would actually also collect gems, snakes, scorpions, feathers, uh, all stored in jars in these uh, perfume boxes. And then he put them in a small room at the Zabir Palace, detailing everything that he saw in the desert. So he'd even draw illustrations. Okay. So what they have is that they've recreated this room and they've put everything that they imagine he would have stored in it. So I thought that was a really, really nice um, way to show that. So this is a recreation uh, of of uh, the room at the palace? Exactly, the room at yeah. the Zabil Palace. Um, and his father, Sheikh Rashid, apparently also taught him to track and read the sand, right? So in 2002, while in a helicopter uh, flying over in Dubai, he actually noticed these unusual uh, dune formations in the desert. Yeah. And he realized that there... I mean, they, they look different that they should be investigated, right? Mm -hmm. So that area actually turned out to be a 5,000-year-old settlement with trade links to ancient Mesopotamia, India, Iran, Egypt. Um, and when they basically dug it up, one of the treasures that was actually unearthed was the gold ring, which inspired the Expo 2020 logo. So they actually have a replica of this ring there as well. Wow. Uh, this this is, has got to be on my um, you know list of top places to go along and see. Now, of course, as you said, this is inspired by um, the book My Story, um, and that's the younger years of, of Sheikh Mohammed. Does it, does it also go into you know the time when he was maturing and then, of course, taking on the mantle as, as leader of... Of, um, of Dubai. Absolutely, it does. So it walks you through his, you know, younger years when he would, you know, trail after or behind his father, uh, watching him, you know, interact with members of the community yeah. and just basically following his footsteps. Um, there's also this entire room dedicated to his greatest passion, which are uh, horses yeah. and to that poetry as well. 
Um, they have a beautiful sculpture of a horse uh, or a horse's head, which takes up the entire room and weighs 52 tons. Wow. Uh, and it's actually, it's a tribute to his favorite horse, the Dubai Millennium. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember that horse, of course, uh, running here in the, in the Dubai World Cup. Um, so uh, is, I'm sure we can spend a lot of time in this particular pavilion, you know, learning all about um, all about this um, this story of His Highness Sheikh Mohammed. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, with with respect to the horse, the horse himself um, had won nine out of ten races throughout you know its mm. lifetime. Yeah. Uh, so they have an incredible show that eliminates the horse and even looks like it's got wind blowing through its mane. Wow. Uh, yeah, really impressive. And then finally, they have a video of what life was like uh, living among the pearl divers. So Sheikh Mohammed was actually instructed by his father to join the crew who would spend many summers on the local uh, purling boats to understand the harsh conditions uh, of this profession and the reality of the people. And so this actually inspired him to diversify the economy and basically uh, just learn not to put all of your, you know, your eggs, or in this case, pearls, in, in one, one basket. basket. <laughs> it sounds absolutely uh, fascinating. This is a vi- vision pavilion uh, that you find at uh, Expo 2020, dedicated to His Highness Sheikh Mohammed, um, inspired by his book, My Story, which uh, we need to read as well. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Yes, indeed. Welcome back uh, into the show. We are joined uh, by uh, Nada once again from Wonder with Nada, tour guide here in the UAE, and uh, we're looking uh, around Expo. 2020. Now, uh, we've already visited the Vision Pavilion, which is dedicated to His Highness uh, Sheikh Mohammed, inspired by his book, My Story. Uh, now then, Nadi, you're going to take us to a couple of uh, pavilions um, on uh, the site of Expo 2020. I believe we're starting at Papua New Guinea. We are. So the world's third largest island country in Oceania. Um, And because of how isolated the country is, Mm. they actually have a large number of mammals and birds that cannot be found anywhere else in the world. Uh, So they're actually endemic to Papua New Guinea, uh, while several others are even restricted to Australia and uh, Papua New Guinea. So many of the most like familiar uh, or animals that are native uh, to both countries are marsupials. So those include like the koala, the kangaroo, um, and another called the couscous, which I did not know about. Okay. So these mammals are the ones that actually carry uh, their newborn young in a pouch. Yeah. So almost 70% of the marsupials on earth are actually native to this area. All right. So we can find these uh, at Papua New Guinea. Um, uh, which, as you say, it's, it's a whole bunch of islands, isn't it? There's there's quite a lot of islands in this particular archipelago. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, they have a lot of history. And one, in fact, legend that I heard about there is a story of um, a tribe, some, uh, a tribe called the Asaro uh, Mudmen. So okay. as the story goes, uh, the people of Asaro, actually in the eastern highlands, were forced to flee from an enemy tribe. And they went to the Asara River where they actually waited until dusk to escape. But the enemy saw them rise from the water, 
covered in mud, and then they fled in terror. So they thought these Asaro were evil spirits. Okay. So <laughs> the Asaro actually still apply these mud masks to keep the illusion alive and terrify other um, indigenous groups as well. Right. So they have these masks on display there at the uh, pavilion. Well, I was um, going to ask if you got covered in mud um, when you went <laughs> along there. <laughs> no, but I did want to. I did want to just see yeah. how it would look like. Uh, they're pretty big in size. And for children, they actually have a very uh, nice activity where, or I, I would even say homework, uh, they encourage kids to actually walk through the pavilion and read about something interesting that they learn about there, about Papua New Guinea. Then they go to the gift shop and then they write down that interesting fact that they learned and earn themselves free coffee. And nice. chocolate, I believe, actually. Chocolate for the kids, coffee for the adults. Chocolate and coffee for for the whole family. So uh, Papua New Guinea sounds like one uh, definitely to put on your list of, of places to go. Yes. And now next I will take you to the Bahamas, uh, where they actually taught me how to talk like, like a uh, Bahamian, I guess. That's what you would call yeah, the, the locals. Yes. Yeah. So, so how do they talk? Them, sorry? So how do they talk? So, I mean, I uh, was actually curious what the official language was, and it is English, uh, but apparently when you travel there, you notice right away that they use a certain type of uh, sort of dialect, an island dialect. Yeah. So they teach you some of the most commonly used phrases um, that people there, of course, use to, to communicate. One of them was um, I straight, which is the Bahamian way of, I would say, saying it's all good. Um, it's used to sort of let people know that all is well. Yeah. Uh, the other words like tings, for example, or tanks. So those are things and thanks, but they basically remove the H. The H gets dropped when they say it. So it's so, tings, tings. Yes, exactly. It's tings and uh, tanks. It takes a little bit of getting used to. I kept having to repeat it and then, you know, correct myself. Yeah. Um, when they basically also use dem, so that's D-E-M, that actually refers to a group of people. So... If I was, let's say, going to meet you, Mark, and others, I would say something like, I'm going with Mark them, right? So that's Mark and others, right? Oh, cool. So an interesting, of course, different uh, way of speech. Um, another thing that I learned there is that the most damaging hazard to the Bahamas is hurricanes. Hmm. Um, and according to NASA, climate change is actually the reason that Atlantic hurricanes are increasing in intensity uh, and also frequency. So... Why, why do hurricanes happen? What is the fuel behind them? It's heat. And the planet, you know, warms. There's more um, heat energy. Uh, so this basically causes them to grow much bigger and they become a lot more devastating, right? And they are an island, right? So they have no solid escape routes. So it was really interesting to learn uh, just about how big of an issue this is because as a country, 60% of their GDP is tourism-based. Yeah. So a loss of this industry would actually mean that many jobs are lost. And that's why they're, they've been focusing a lot on green technology um, and how to basically um, prevent these hurricanes from happening in the first place. Yeah, NASA, I used to call um, at NASA when I used to work on cruise ships. Um, beautiful place, of course, in the, in the Bahamas. And um, it sounds like um, a very interesting um, place that we can go along and see them as well at Expo 2020 and learn a lot and learn a little bit of the lingo as well <laughs> from the Bahamas. The lingo, absolutely. Yeah. Mark and Dem, or Mark Dem. Mark Dem. Uh, Mark Dem. Finally, there was um, a few other things that I just noticed which were mm, new. Uh, yeah. So a festival garden uh, that has now been set up 
um, specifically for the winter season. So they've opened up this massive garden space, um, mm -hmm. and it's open from, I believe, 12 p.m. onwards. They have a stage where they're going to have movie screenings, uh, live performances. They're going to have bouncy castles, treasure hunts for kids, uh, beanbags everywhere, picnic uh, benches. And so you can also just kind of sit down, grab a bite or a drink. And it's right by Jubilee Park. Um, so it's a really, really nice place to sit outside. Okay, um, the, the new festival garden then, just by the uh, the Jubilee Park. And finally, if we're feeling uh, a little bit under the weather, um, we've got our own pharmacy at, at Expo yeah. as well. <laughs> so this wasn't open before, I think. I think this just recently opened. Uh, and I think it's just pretty important, especially to note if you have children. Um, I actually also, I typically wear contact lenses. So my eyes sometimes dry up if yeah. I've been wearing them for a long time. Yeah. So I was pretty happy to actually see that the pharmacy was there to be able to pick up some eye drops so i thought it was pretty convenient and you know good to know existed in the first place fantastic well um you've certainly um, opened our eyes to many uh, things opened uh, our contact lenses as well to many many things happening at expo 2020 want to wish you all the best for uh, for the new year nada and thank you so much for your contribution on lunch with lloyd throughout 2021 thank you mark for having me a real pleasure so uh, there we are that's wonder with nada